Welcome to the Final Score Network and the Final Score Podcast, presented by Team Anders Realtors. I'm Andy. He's former NCAA student athlete and co-host. Brian Gam, two-hand monster flush off the inbound. Brian Gam slam jam. Subscribe to us on Podbean, the Apple Podcast Store, Spotify, or anywhere you get your podcasts. Follow us on Twitter at the Final Score Thirty Five and TikTok at AG Spartan Fan 35. Oh, and one more note before we get started. I'd like to apologize to anyone I've not offended yet. Please be patient. I'll get to you shortly. Welcome into the 130th edition of the TFS Pod. July 11th, uh, we're a week away from the Open. Coming up quick. Um, man, it was kind of a, it's been a slow summer with sports, you know, you know, golf here and there. Good, right, and then you know, baseball boring. The Tigers are snooze fest, even though they play in a snooze division. They're still third place, but that's a different topic. Um, NFL has been quiet, college basketball, whatever, and then Friday, some crazy stuff starts happening with Northwestern, which we'll get to later. I'm um, dissect end of the era than the Bob Huggins thing, which leads me into my podium this saga. So, if you didn't know, we talked about before Bob Huggins was fired, got arrested for DUI probably two or three weeks ago, um, blew like a .22, um, which is more than double the legal limit, obviously, had a bunch of beer cans in his car, gets fired, whatever, resigned, he resigns, in quote, air quotations, um, and they name assistant coach, their acting head coach, interim coach for the season, um, trying to move on. Then on Friday, this dude writes a letter with a a lawyer saying, I never resigned. I want my job back. I'm in rehab. After rehab, I want my job back. What is this guy? He's literally like, he's pulling, trying to pull a George Costanza. He's fired, but he's still trying to work. I mean, this is ridiculous. Um, he's ruining his reputation. He's honestly, as he was the winningest head coach, I think, active um, in college basketball. And now he just is tarnishing his reputation. Um, looks like an idiot. Um, not a good look for you, Bobby, and you're kind of putting more on your on your old program there and putting a darker cloud over it. I'm sure they want to move past it and try to, you know, have a decent season for 2023-2024, but not with that crap going on. It's not going to happen. Awful. Shut up, Bobby. Lighter note, we never cover baseball, um, and I just happened to tune in. It was after the fact. It wasn't during at all because I haven't watched a Tigers game, and I don't even know how long, but... Well, shout out to the Tigres, the old English D, which, by the way, is still one of the sweetest logos yes, in sports. Absolutely. Uh, ninth no-no in team history, and this is something that surprised me. Only the 20th combined no-hitter in Major League Baseball history. Now, I have to ask this rhetorically because aside from Ryan, who could weigh in and I already know his answer, is does this count to you? Does it matter to you? I Personally... I say it does. Um, I don't know what the baseball historians say. You know, back when I was a baseball fan, I think we talked about that a little bit last week. I probably, you know, would have been well attuned to what they were saying about it, whether it was was worth it or not. I don't care if it's one guy, if it's three guys. I think it's been as many as five, maybe at one point in time. It's hard, right? It's hard to hold a team hitless. You got to have some lucky plays. And look, you want to know how hard it is. Ask um, what's his name that had the perfect game robbed from him. Yeah, Galarraga, twenty-eight yeah. up, twenty-eight down. Yeah, when you know bad call by the ump before replay was available. So I still think it's a milestone event. Obviously, it's only happened twenty times in Major League Baseball history that a combined no-no has happened. Um, you know, it, it's a fairly rare feat. It happened a decent amount last year, I think. But a little shout out, a little. Spotlight to the Tigers, no podium, you know, of my typical ilk, which is, you know, a negative take on something. We'll maybe save that a little bit for one of our downs because we're going back to four downs today, and I'm sure you can imagine what that might be about. Uh, but, yeah, well, no shout-out to the Tigers. That's about as close as I'm going to get to watching, and it wasn't even live. Yeah, we, we don't even get um, Bally here, um, so it's impossible. I only know because I saw it at the score the other day. Right, right, yeah. That's the only way to watch them. Um, or if they're on ESPN or something, which they never are because they stink. Um, all right, moving on to our tee-up of the week. Kind of hard because um, obviously we'll talk about Northwestern here in a minute. I just talked about Bobby. Um, came across this the other day. I thought it was kind of funny. Um, Chief Superfan arrested, and this is a guy's name, Xavier 
Babudra, I butchered the heck out of that. Kansas City Chiefs when he wears like the wolf costume, he goes to all their games. It's more like um, Chuck E. Cheese after as a he, rat. He's charged with um, robbing banks across the central United States and being a fugitive. Uh, what a dumbass. Kind of hilarious. He's only 28 years old. Um, stole stuff, moved it around. He's got to pay to get that suit dry clean. Yeah, exactly. Going to get a lot of years in prison, rightfully so. What an idiot. Nice. All right. All right, four down style. It's football time, Yeah, we previewed it last week. Big Ten previews start this week for the next seven weeks. Ryan's going to take the East. I'm going to take the West. I think he's going alphabetical. I'm going to give you order of worst to first in the West, and neither of us are really doing research on the other, but we did, at least in my case, I picked wins and losses. So, like, where I think uh, Ryan's team today will go. So, yeah. I'll let him start because mine will be a fitting kick into yeah. our second down oh, yeah, topic. Sure. So. Um, well, letter order ends up being, at the beginning here, worst to first. Um, I'm previewing the Hoosiers coming off of a just dreadful 4-8 um, season last year. 2-7 and seven in the Big Ten. They've won three Big Ten games in the last two years. Um, after we thought they maybe turned the corner, 2019 they were decent. Um, 2020 during COVID, they were they had Ohio State on the ropes, played really well, only lost a couple games. Penix was really good, beat Michigan for the first time in ever, really. Um, and it looked like they were going to turn the corner. Then 2021, they kind of fell flat on their face, had some injuries. Um, I think they went 3-9 and nine in 2022. And then last year, fall up with a 4-8 and eight snoozer. Um, just not very good. I mean, Tom Allen... I just saw a hot seat ranking on CBS, and they rank him as the hottest seat in college football. And I agree with that. He's he has not performed. He's thirty and forty overall at Indiana. I mean, obviously not an easy place to win, um, but good lord, man! I mean, they've been horrible. They they should be one and eight in the Big Ten. Michigan State choked on spit um, mm. for one of their wins, um, so they really gifted gagged on Gerber. Yeah, exactly. G- gifted one of their four wins last season. Um, just not very good. This is will be Tom's seventh year. Yeah, he, cool. He's a good motivator. He like headbutts his players, but he's he's not a good coach. I I, I don't think he is. He's a weirdo. Um, his great season was the COVID he, year. He, which you was... know how old he is? He, does he look pretty old? He's like fifty two. There's no way he's two years older than me. Really? He looks like he's sixty five. Are you saying I look old? No, he looks he, that he looks way older than fifty two. Right. Um, but it's it's not looking good for them. Um. 14th, I, I know recruiting doesn't, I mean, now it matters probably a little more with, you know, the portal and all that stuff, but dead last in the Big Ten in recruiting ranking going into next year. That is, this year does not bode well for a team that's in the cellar um, and has been for the last couple of years. Um, so dead last, 14th in the Big Ten. Um, key losses, they lost uh, their leading running back from last year, Sean Shivers. Um, they lost Taiwan Mullen, who was one of their better DBs. He got drafted. Um, and then Cam Jones, one of their linebackers, he also got drafted. Um, and then they lose Desan McCullough, who's probably their would have been their best defender coming in. And edge rushers transferred to Oklahoma, um, along with his brother, who was going to come in and be a four-star corner for them this year. He also went to Oklahoma, so lost two there um, with the McCullough brothers. And then Devin Matthews, a, another corner, gone. Um, graduated. And Charles Campbell, their kicker, which was one of their best Best things kicking last year. They were really good at transferred to Tennessee. Um, then their second best tight end transferred to Michigan. Their quarterback from most of last year, Connor Bazelock, um, transferred to Bowling Green. Um, Isn't that like his eighth transfer? His second, yeah. And <laughs> Missouri then, to Indiana. Uh, they returned some decent guys. Um, I mean, they get back Josh Henderson. He's He was a freshman last year running back. He had 398 yards, four touchdowns. Um, last season, so decent for a freshman. Then Jalen Lucas, probably the best kick returner in the Big Ten. Little guy, he had house one against Michigan State. Fast little guy, kind of plays all over the place on offense. Swiss Army knife kind of thing. Dexter Williams, um, he was their backup last year. He's back. Um, he's all right. Uh, what was he against Michigan State? Like nine for forty, and still, and they still won. Um, Cam Camper, he tore his ACL early last year. Um, he's one of their best receivers. He's back. Aaron Casey, one of their leading tacklers from last year, is back um, at linebacker. And then Matthew Bedford, their left tackle, um, he is back. Um, he's been kind of their bookend for the last few years. Um, not really any great high school recruits to 
right home involved. But got some decent newcomers. Christian Turner, former Wake Forest running back. We all know what happened with the last Wake Forest running back to transfer to the Big Ten. I don't think this guy's that. But he, this guy played at Michigan, actually, at the begin, beginning of his career. Um, so find his way back to the Big Ten. Andre Carter, one of the best ranked, actually, um, portal guys from Western Michigan. Um, defensive lineman, kind of kind of try to help them. Then Anthony Jones, defensive end from Oregon, um, played a decent amount for them. Then DeQuise Carter via Fordham, um, solid receiver. And then their quarterback, um, guessing for next year, will be Taven Jackson, uh, transferred from Tennessee. Trace Jackson Davis's brother. Um, hmm. For those keeping the score at home, um, so trying to carry on the legacy. He, he's okay. Um, I don't know. He, he doesn't have much help. They basically have a whole new offensive line. They have the air raid system going now. They got their old line coach from Wisconsin that left with Paul Chris, so maybe that'll help. Um, Wisconsin obviously has really good offensive lines, um, but yeah, they need help, and they need help bad. Um, they're, they're out of conference schedule. Um, pull this up real quick. It, it's not awful, but I mean Indiana State home, yeah, that's definitely. Gonna, I mean, it's all right. Louisville, Akron, kind of just go through. I guess their their full schedule. I've been going uh, a dreadful uh, three and nine, one and eight in the Big Ten. Um, they start off the season with just a, a a doozy home against Ohio State. Who you know in the past they played decent against, but they're not going to beat them. Ohio State has more talent on when one guy than Indiana has on their whole team. Um, then they play Indiana State, which I've been winning against the Sycamores there. Then Louisville at home. Jeff Brom playing his former rival, a little border war. I have Louisville winning. Um, they have a decent roster. Then Akron at home have them winning. Um, then they go to Maryland on the 30th. I have them losing that one. And they have a bye. Um, then they go to Michigan and probably get smoked there. And then the 21st have them winning their one and only Big Ten game against Rutgers at home. And then they travel to Penn State for a loss. Home against Wisconsin, loss. At Illinois, loss. Michigan State at home, loss. And at Purdue, loss. Two and one out of conference. One and eight in the Big Ten. Tied for sixth place or tied for last. It's going to be a, a long year in Bloomington, and I would not be surprised to see Tom Allen be sent to the moon. Um, Hang in there, Hoosier fans. Basketball season is just a couple of months after football starts. I have exactly the same prediction as Ryan. They're just not going to be two and one, one and eight, three and nine. Same wins, same losses. I just, I just don't see it. The roster is is king, whether it's through recruiting or the portal, and it just, I mean. If your best quarterback from last year, you know, transferred down to the MAC, that's telling you a little bit of something. This Jackson kid's not bad. He was highly regarded, but he was probably but... third string at best last yeah, year in Tennessee. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And who cares about highly re- regarded recruits? We know what that means. Nothing. Mm-hmm. So, all right, you got that's it on. That's uh, all yeah. I got on the the Hoosiers. All right, I'm going uh, worst to first in the West. Last year I did the East, Ryan did the West, so we flip-flopped this year, and uh, probably no real surprise here, and it's back to how it was (laughs) in the 80s. I've got Northwestern on the clock for a preview. A little shout-out to sportsreference.com and Athlon for some of the source information that I got. Um, Always helpful when you're kind of digging around the Internet to piece these together and put your own spin on it. Um, so I kind of have a style. I used to do these way back when I had a, the final score blog uh, or website, and I did Big Ten previews and got picked up by a lot of Big Ten area newspapers, West Lafayette, Colonel, or Jur, Journal, Courier, or something like that. Um, their beat writer used to pick up my Purdue stuff, so shout out to him. I don't know if Ken, if he still listens or if he still beat writes for them. But anyway, I follow a lot of the same trend. So I'm going to give you a little five-year conference trend for the Wildcats. This is conference only. 2022, one and eight, seventh place. Yeah. 2021, one and eight, tied for sixth. 2020, six and one, yeah, first Big Ten title game. 2019, one and eight, seventh place. 2018, eight and one, first Big Ten title game. So it true feast or famine format for the Wildcats and um, I hate to tell you obviously me previewing them first tells you is another famine year there's a lot of reasons why I'll get into that in a minute 
Let's take a look back at how I picked them last year. Again, Ryan did the preview, so I didn't do as much homework. I actually was an optimistic, had them going 3-0 and and out of conference. They went 0-3. <laughs> I had them going 0-9 in the Big Ten, and they went 1-8. If you recall, they beat Nebraska I overseas. Called that. I called that. And that was, they never sniffed a win after that, and they had some bad losses in there. Yeah, who did they lose to? I, who was the really bad one they lost to? Like, uh, like oh, Southern, no, Southern Illinois, Southern Illinois, Illinois. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I remember watching. Well, one double A or FCS foe. Uh, Overall, I had them three and nine. They went one and eleven. Um, I pegged them for last in the Big Ten West, and they did go last in the Big Ten West. But yeah, um, so I have a decent track record picking them. Probably gave them more credit than they were due last year. We'll see how that goes this year. So twenty twenty three outlook. Since winning the West in twenty twenty, Northwestern is four and twenty. And they have just two conference victories since then. Um, Coach Fitz adjusted his coaching staff and added a couple of players from the portal heading into this season. Cincinnati transfer Ben Bryant is a crucial addition. EMU quarterback. For an addition, or for an offense that averaged only 13.8 points per game last fall. But newsflash, mid-creation of this content and preview, Fitz is gone. And we'll talk about that a little bit, right, wrong, or otherwise, in a minute. Uh, looking at their offense, coordinator Mike Bajakian kept his job despite that dog shit offense. There's no other way to put it's it. Like they Iowa, finished in Iowa. 128th nationally in scoring, 123rd in yards per play, 4.5 yards per play, and 130th in turnovers. To put it in perspective, I think there's like 131 or 132 teams in D1. Yeah. Um, they had 31 turnovers last year. That's almost three a game. Uh, that already horrible offense loses first-round NFL draft pick Peter Skaronsky at left tackle, and, and Northwestern's been churning out some tackles and guards lately. Yeah, they have. Um, they've got some had some good offensive linemen, and then Evan running back Evan Hull, who produced a ton of offense the last two yard seasons. He probably did most of it, 27, 32 yards of offense the past two seasons. So the Wildcats clearly have to get markedly better on offense, or there is no way they climb out of the cellar, and I don't think that's going to happen. Quarterback should improve over last year. Um, they had sophomore Brendan Sullivan, who is now an experienced he's from backup. Davis in Michigan, by he, the way. you know, he started a game or maybe two last year, and he's going to be the backup again. But it gives him fail safe. You know, you always want to have a backup in today's day and age. Um, but again, like even with Ben Bryant, not every transfer is a jackpot. Not every transfer is a canine. In fact, it's I, somebody's got to have done the research. It's probably like for every one great one, there's five duds. Um, the Cats have had a few over the years, notably the kid from Clemson, his name escapes me, um, who was supposedly a great quarterback. He was back Hunter up. Johnson, he was horrible. He was back up to, oh, oh boy, uh, um, Muppet Trevor. boy, Trevor Lawrence. Um, he didn't pan out. Uh, so can Bryant be the savior that's needed? He'll likely be projected just fine as Northwestern, you know, he'll be protected okay. Um, Northwestern has a solid track record up front. We talked about that. But how about the other skill positions? Clearly they've been in need there lately. Uh, former Vanderbilt and ASU transfer. Sensing a thing here, a pattern, like a lot of the transfers Ryan and I both talked about are on their third stay, which is gross. Um, that's another topic for another day and something we've talked about. But Cam Johnson, he brings definite experience. He's going to need to stand out at wide receiver. He's going to have help in um, fellow receivers Bryce Kurtz, Jacob Gill, and Michigan transfer A.J. Henning, who could also play into the return game. Um, Cam Porter is back at tailback. He tore his knee up in 2021. Um, kind of, I don't remember if he played much last no, year. He, but he's pretty decent. But um, he could, should be the answer to the loss of Hull. Um, Anthony Tyus III brings a big back change Portage. of pace. And Joseph Hyman, or Himen, H-I-M-O-N, the second. So what's with all these thirds and seconds? Ooh, um, is a promising-looking freshman. Tight end's a little light on depth, but Thomas Gordon was a good one for them last year before he got hurt. So can he come back? We'll see. Maybe some decent guys, but no name brands for sure at skill positions. Um, and enough other stuff going on. Defense, David Braun is the new defensive coordinator from North Dakota State. Remains to be seen. Will he be named the interim he, he head, coach? The head coach? Oh, did they name him? Yeah, he's okay, the I hadn't seen that yet. Um, and he'll look to bring an upgraded and simpler scheme to the mix. Secondary is the strength, which is good because they're run a 4-2-5 alignment, um, which is now popular in college football. The Wildcats have turned out some great defensive backs as well the past several years. The star will be senior safety Rod Hurd II, another one of those seconds, third yeah, juniors, whatever. 
Uh, Garnett Hollis Jr., speaking of juniors and seconds and thirds, should be good. And safeties Coco Amazea and Jeremiah Lewis are also experienced. So I think Northwestern secondary is going to be pretty decent. Linebackers, Bryce Gallagher, Xander Muller, a lot of tackles last year. I think 187 total tackles. They're solid, but they lack the speed to cover sideline to sideline in this 4-2-5 scheme. Michigan State fans like us, we've seen that. Like when we first did it and we did not have the speed there, if you do not have speed, I don't even care if they're not very talented. You need to have speed than guys that can hit guys. These guys can clearly wrap up in tackles, but can they get this sideline to sideline? Don't know. Keep an eye on that. Um, here's a new D-line coach, Christian Smith. He takes over a group losing a high draft pick, and uh, I don't even want to try to say his name. Adetomiwa. Oh, that guy got picked. Um, Smith will lean on in Sean McLaughlin and Aiden Hubbard and then tackle Najee's story and several transfer interior linemen. So the, the D-line could prove to be decent. Um, special teams-wise, uh, in a word, they were um, special last season. The Wildcats <laughs> finished last in the Big Ten in net punting That's... and both punt and kickoff returns. Luke Akers is back to handle punter duties. Will he get better? Don't know. Hopefully for their sake. Um, and Northwestern will re- turn to kicker Jack Olson, former Rover Michigan Sport. State recruit, uh, who missed his only field goal attempt in 2022. I don't know. Was he one for – was or no, missed his, different... he missed his only field goal attempt. So he yeah. must have had one attempt last year. Yeah, I, I think I remember that. Um, so, you know, promise because he was a fairly high recruit at Michigan State. But, you know, again, um, maybe one man's trash is another man's treasure or one team's trash is another team's treasure. My final take, Northwestern is not a program that can get rich quick in the portal. The academic standards are way too high. Um, There are some notable newcomers, but coming off the worst season since 1989 and now without its longtime head coach, the Wildcats are in for another long season, maybe another long several seasons. Um, will, Will they ever find a potential lifer head coach again? No. Not super likely. Nobody stands out to me again. We'll talk about that a little bit more. So, um... Let's give you a little floor and a ceiling, and then my prediction. Um, I think their floor is one and eleven. I think it, they'd be hard pressed not to at least get one win in the schedule. In fact, the first time I went through, I actually gave them more of the ceiling, which was four and eight. And then Fitz got fired, and I went back and, and reevaluated. The West is a freaking mess, just like it was last year. So, it is every- if they show some early signs. Maybe, maybe they could hit that ceiling of four and eight. I just don't see higher than that. I mean, they start at Rutgers. That's a winnable game, but it's on the road, so I'm going to go with a loss. Got a lot of things on their mind right now. Then they got UTEP at home. I don't know that much about UTEP, but I'm going to assume that they can sneak a win there. They're going to Duke, who smacked them last year. Duke actually was good last year. Duke's Duke's going to be decent in the ACC again. That's a loss. Then it's Minnesota-Penn State at home. Loss, loss. I mean, I don't think they have a chance in either of those games. Then Howard should be a win, but hey, I mean, Southern Illinois should have been a win last year, so I've got them pegged for a win there. Um, then a bye, then at Nebraska, L, Maryland, L, Iowa, L. Now, I will say, in transparency, I actually originally had them beating Iowa in Evanston because they always seem to pull off some sneaky one. But, again, after Fitz got fired, no way. No way in hell. Then they go to Wisconsin, loss. Purdue at home, loss. Maybe winnable. Um, Purdue, I'm... You'll see soon enough where I've got them falling. I, I'm not too super sold on them, so I may be a win there. At Illinois, doubtful. Belum has got Illinois looking in good shape. That ends up out of conference, one and two. Big Ten record, one and eight for two and ten overall, which is a smidge better than last year, but not much. Um, flat out dead last in the West, and of course, no bowl game and. Who will they hire as their coach? Now, if they have a great season, maybe they hire oh. this, you know, they yeah. hire the well, defensive you know, coordinator. You know whose name I saw is hot for Northwestern? Former, John Gruden. Former Wisconsin coach Paul Christ. Oh, yeah, I could see that. Does he – the problem with Northwestern, and we can just get into it, unless you have any other no. comments on Northwestern. I mean, I, I have literally the same thing as you. Same record, same wins and losses. Same as it's Indiana. pretty easy. <laughs> yeah, so <laughs> let's get into the – Let's get into what's going on in our second Just down. wild. Um, so if you missed it, you've been under rock. Um, Northwestern, you know, Pat Fitzgerald's been there 17 seasons. Now recall, it was about this time of year, 17, 18 years ago, where their coach, who was a fairly recent and successful, I think he came from Miami of Ohio, 
his name Randy Walker. Yep. Was out for a run and dropped dead of a heart attack. Uh, tragedy. Like Northwestern was actually pretty decent at that time. It was early two thousands. They were competitive. Um, they had done pretty well with Gary Barnett. Obviously, they got the Rose Bowl and things like that. Um, and then Fitz gets thrust into this as a thirty-two year old. I think he's the youngest coach in college football. To, no, thirty year old because he's I think he's just forty-seven. Yeah, now. he's young. Um, so he was thirty at the time. He was the youngest coach, maybe even twenty-nine. Youngest coach in college football. Thrust in and leads them to some great years. I mean, they had 10 winning seasons out of 17. He won 110 games. They went to 10 bowl games. Um, You know, these are things unheard of for people my age, like Chris and some of the older listeners would know. Like, Northwestern was a sure, like, five, six, seven touchdown win. I mean, Michigan State once with an average team in the 80s beat them something like 77 to 10. Blake Ezor had, like, six touchdowns in that game for Michigan State. So, like... We're talking about Pat Fitzgerald played at Northwestern, part of that Rose Bowl team in 95, one of their best players of all time. Turned away the NFL numerous times, um, you know, they called for him because he's a a good football coach. And so all of a sudden, none of this has come to light, none of it at all. And all of a sudden, Ryan sends me a text. He's like, "What? look at this. And he was suspended two weeks without pay. Um, for alleged, and still kind of alleged, hazing um, activities or whatever you want to call it at, here I gotta, I'm going to find my details here, at, you know, at, in the locker at Northwestern room. in the locker room. So, um, summary, like, here, I'm going to, I'll go to one of the articles I have. So, I'm not going to get into all the details. If you missed it, there's plenty of stories you're going to find it. But when you're Article starts off with content warning. This article contains mentions of hazing, sexual assault, and suicidal ideation. (laughs) That's not a good thing. Um, Now, originally, I think it's up to eleven people have corroborated this. Now, Mm -hmm. it's it was originally two one person, then two people that said yes, I saw this happen. Um, Just you know, practice dubbed running. Um, Basically, it was a way to punish freshmen and other people for mistakes. The long and short of it, people don these you know, whatever you call them, the Bane, Zane, Bane, whatever, from Batman masks and, like, dry hump people and whatever. I don't know that there was actual, like, there was a story about a Carmel High School in Indiana several years back where they were actually, like, putting broomsticks into people's buttholes. Like, I don't think there was anything like that. (laughs) I don't think there was anything that egregious. Now, I'm not going to say that in today's lily-sensitive oh, it's okay for men to be women and, and win Miss Netherlands world that any of this is okay. I, I'm not, don't excuse what I, or don't confuse what I'm saying as an excuse for Northwestern, but like for none of this to come out and if it supposedly had been happening for a long time to all of a sudden come out and there's things like dry humping and there's, you know, coerced whatever and one of the things that i thought was pretty funny is they called the car wash <laughs> like they would make a freshman go into the shower and like have to like spin around between like two naked linemen or something i mean okay is it disgusting would i want to do it Fuck no, but like i mean boys will be boys locker room behavior so my question here is how do you go from not a word about this and like i've seen some tiktok videos and some idiots that have commented on a couple of things that I commented, I'm like, where's the due process here? It's not a legal thing. Well, no shit, Sherlock. It's not a court, you know, judge and jury thing, but it, where is the due process? Because how do you go from nothing to students in Northwestern's a renowned journalism school, breaking the story, the president suspending him for two weeks and then hearing a little bit more detail and going, Oh yeah. Even though I know that the, 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 whatever the, um, investigation had been dating back to like January or something this year. And it said that there was no clear indication that he knew all of a sudden he was getting buyer's remorse from not following the woke protocol and immediately canning the guy. So rightfully so Pat is suing the university for what the hell you're going from, you know, nothing to two weeks to fired. You're smearing and tarnishing my reputation. And I'm, I'm like, let's put aside right now, what may or may not be true. If any of it's true, I, I think we probably could have landed somewhere in the middle and said, look, we don't we don't condone this behavior. We're suspending you without pay for a year. And then if he decided to leave, like give him the options. Door number one is you sit for the year, no pay. 
you're embarrassed, but you can come back and rebuild your legacy. Door number two is it's your way to just resign and say, hey, to keep the spotlight off of my alma mater, I'm just going to walk away. Like that to me would have been a reasonable decision. Instead, what happens is the president gets pressure from the media to do what everybody else in the world is doing. And it's to immediately say, oh, that's it. I I, I can't. I got to fire him. Hey, hey, Bozo Breath, Shill, I think is your name. Your baseball coach has been accused of the same thing. You don't have a football coach problem. You don't have a Pat Fitzgerald problem. You have a university problem. problem. You should lose your job. If you're going to say that Pat Fitzgerald, who none of the investigations could prove that he was aware. Now, whether you agree that he shouldn't have been aware or should have been aware is a different story. The investigation said he wasn't aware. Couldn't clear clearly prove that he was aware. Okay, you want to say lack of institutional control as a head coach, you should have been aware. That's fine. That's where you suspend a guy for a season. Suspend him for half a season, whatever, rather than just fire him. Um, you have that going on in your baseball program. You have an athletic department issue, if all of this stuff is true. You have a you issue. I, I mean, I, I'm not going to sugarcoat it. Like, Shill, you have a you issue. You have a university issue. Um, you know, like, I get it. It's complex. Fitz is the best coach in the program's modern history. He's beloved. I said just last week, I still think he's the he was the best coach in the Big Ten. I think he's going to land on his feet in the NFL and he'll be just fine. He'll sit it out for a year, fly under the radar. He'll wash back up into, as a defensive coach in the NFL. I think he'll be just fine. I just think Northwestern screwed the pooch on their approach to this because they proved weird. what happens in society today of there is there's no chance for an investigation to in this case the investigation didn't even prove him quote guilty again i get it any idiots that are going to be like oh well, it's not a court of law you don't have preponderance of evidence but i understand that but in human decency and a guy that's been there for 17 years who gives to his program who gives to his alma mater you give that a little bit more of a chance i get it the window dressing looks horrible it looks bad because all people care about is the shiny headline and the shiny object and they hear the quick thing. But here's a news flash for you. Did anything bad happen? Now, granted, this was the coach was long gone at this point, but what bad happened at the University of Michigan over their doctor who was like Nasser, but that was molesting boys for years, mm-hmm. male athletes for Nothing. years? What happened at Ohio State where that happened? Mm-hmm. Why is it okay to to make Penn State and Joe Pa a scapegoat? And Pat Fitzgerald and, and his, his you know, just him at this point in time, a scapegoat, but not Ohio State and Michigan. Hmm, let me see here. Let me see. Where's the Big Ten's bread buttered? Oh, where's the TV network's bread buttered? Oh, yeah, Ohio State and Michigan. But we're going to make an example out of Michigan State for Nasser and Ohio State and for Penn State. And we're going to witch hunt Michigan State. You don't even have proof that he knew about this. Again, should he have? No question he probably yeah, should have been aware of it. It's his locker room. you got to be under control of that. I totally get that. Suspend him for six games. If it's me, I suspend him for the year, and I give him the option. You, Pat, I, I, I know that the investigation doesn't show that you're guilty, but here's the thing. This is the situation I'm in. This is how this looks to Northwestern. It's a chance for us to kind of get things right, to really kind of like put together a you know a, a task force or whatever. Um, you go through some training, whatever. And, you know, ideally, wink, wink, we'll just kind of give you a little settlement and you can ride off in the sunset and take that Chicago Bears job that you've always wanted. Okay. But you give the guy an option. You don't go from zero to two weeks to fired with nothing. And I guarantee you, Fitz is suing the university. I not, not I, I, he is suing it. I guarantee you, he's going to get some sort of a settlement out of the deal. Um, on breach of contract or something like that. And Northwestern is going to look even dumber. The president is who ultimately has that control over the entire university, right? So, like, you're telling me the football coach and the baseball coach are guilty of this, um, and you're not going to hold your athletic director accountable, and then you're not going to hold yourself accountable? At Michigan State, what happened? Louisiana Simon, the president, was gone. Mark Hollis stepped down, the athletic director. Yep. Uh, there were no coaches involved, you know, directly because it was a doctor thing. But, like, 
they tried to get D'Antonio and, and Izzo on the hook for stuff, which yeah. was BS, which is another reason I hate ESPN. But like Northwestern and all universities, you want hire me. Let me be your PR and communications consultant because you suck at it. You suck at it. You are so knee-jerk. You don't spend the time to think about the whole thing. You're just looking at what in the here and now is going to make me look good. And I'm sorry, but you've had 11 players say, yeah, it was happening. We viewed it as hazing. We didn't really feel like it was that big of a deal, but yeah, okay, it was hazing. The rest of everybody else over these 17 years has signed things, letters, whatever, saying this is, this is not what existed. This is not what happened. And I'm telling you, I think McAfee or somebody said this, like, if this had been ongoing for years, don't you think some disgruntled player, some disgruntled freshman or something for playing time wouldn't have blown the whistle before this? I have a really hard time believing that. All of a sudden, this has been an issue for the last... 5, 10, 15, 17 years. And I don't know what number they've put on it, but I I think it's I think it's 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 unfortunate for Fitzgerald. It tarnishes his legacy. I don't think it ruins his legacy. I think a lot of things get forgiven over time, especially if what what happens if at this time next year, this is what I said to my friends um in a kind of a text. What happens if at this time next year Pat Fitzgerald is the Bills kicker from last year? Yeah, who got run out of the league and ta- called a rapist and like basically bullied out almost off the face of the earth to the point of suicidal thoughts. Oh, he wasn't guilty. Stop with the knee jerk BS. Suspend a guy for an extended period of time. Do a more extensive investigation, and then handle it the right way. Northwestern, you screwed this up. Period. And if ultimately it meant that he was going to be gone, that's fine. But because you did it the way you did it, you're going to have to answer to it. And I'm telling you, if I'm a Northwestern donor or grad or whatever, I want my president's head on a platter just as much as I maybe would would have wanted Fitzgerald. And oh, by the way, has their baseball coach been fired yet? I don't think so. So that's horseshit. That's horseshit. I don't know, Ryan, I talked a lot about that, but I don't know if you have anything else. I got nothing. It was good. Want to do a ad read? Yeah, let's do an ad real quick. So, um, unfortunate situation there for sure. Quick word from our presenting sponsor, Team Anders Realty will help you find the home that best fits your needs and makes the process simple and fun along the way. The Anders have served thousands of clients over 30 plus years in the Grand Rapids, Michigan area and are here to serve you today. Learn more from our presenting sponsor at teamanders.com. All right, well, before we move on to third down i get a quick note from my group chat fitz isn't going down without a fight let's see if there's anything oh he released a a statement so let's let's read this real quick because this is like pretty recent uh not going down without a fight longtime head coach um, has hired legal counsel after he was fired him in an investigation again a lot of that alleged not proven even Um, This is his statement. I was surprised when I learned that the president of Northwestern unilaterally revoked our agreement without any prior notification and subsequently terminated my employment, Fitzgerald said in part. I had the privilege of serving as head football coach at Northwestern for the past 17 years. As a former Wildcat player who played a part in the remarkable transformation of our program, it was a tremendous honor to have the opportunity to lead the team. I take great pride in the achievements we accomplished during my tenure, both on and off the field. I dedicated myself wholeheartedly to nurturing our players, not only as athletes, but also as exemplary students and members of the community. Our program instilled in young men the qualities to become outstanding husbands, fathers, and valuable contributors to society. That lacks a lot today. Our players were well prepared to make a positive impact in the world, and I am confident in the success we achieved together. The overwhelming majority of players were coached 99%, to be precise, have provided positive feedback that affirms our efforts. Attorney Maggie Hickey conducted a thorough investigation spanning several months into the allegations that led to my termination. Her investigation reaffirmed what I have always maintained, that I had no knowledge whatsoever of any form of hazing within the Northwestern football program. Last Friday, Northwestern and I came to a mutual agreement regarding the appropriate resolution following the thorough investigation. 
This agreement stipulated a two-week suspension. Therefore, I was surprised when I learned that the president of Northwestern unilaterally revoked our agreement without any prior notification and subsequently terminated my employment. Given this unexpected turn of events, I have entrusted my agent and legal counsel to take necessary steps to protect my rights in accordance with the law. Um, and here's the thing, too, is Schill, the president, stated that Northwestern's investigative report will remain confidential. Hmm. I, I have a real, like, where's the transparency on your part? You're going to fire your coach in a, in a woke, knee-jerk reaction, but you're not going to be transparent? Uh, I have a real problem with that. I have a real problem with that. So, sorry, we had to, wanted to finish that up because that was good little fodder and, and to hear Fitz's take on that as well. All right, moving on to third down. Um, this one popped into my head the other day, Ryan. So, I thought because we were both perusing the top 100 public courses in the golf digest that we just got. Mm-hmm. Um, we're going to do the best top 100 courses we've played bracket. Oh, nice. All right. Now we've only played seven, not eight. So I threw an eighth in there cause it's kind of, we kind of played halfway played it. Um, and these are in order minus the eight seed order of their rank in this year's ranking. Mm-hmm. So you got number one seed, which is a mainstay on our list, Arcadia Bluffs, which is ranked 14th among public courses that you can play, against number eight, the one that we didn't really play, the Loop Red, which is ranked 68th. Arcadia. Arcadia. Arcadia, for sure. I mean, we didn't play the Loop Red, we played the Loop Black, but whatever. All right, so then we'll face the winner of Arcadia Bluffs South, ranked number 53, against the Loop Black, number 58. Loop Black. Ryan's going loop black. I'm going to go south. I, I think Arcadia South is such a throwback course with the church pew bunkers and the square greens, and we're going to get to play it here in a couple weeks. Yeah. Um, it's a, you know it's far different than Arcadia Bluffs, but it's fun. It's firm. It's a different kind of golf. Like I think the first time we played it, once I finally got the hang of it, I had like an 85-yard hole out, um, which was about 30 yards of it was rolling on the green. Um, just because that's how you have to play it. you got to land them short and let them run up. So fun course that way, so I'm going Arcadia Bluffs south. Bottom half of the bracket, number three seed Forest Dunes against number six, which is ranked 32 in the in the top 100, against number six seed Tullymore, which is new to it Tullymore at 73. I, I don't remember that that much. I really like Forest Dunes, though. I passed it before Forest Dunes, but I, I don't re- Tullymore, that was a long time ago. When yeah, Tullymore's it. We should go play it again. It's not very far away. But Forest Dunes. I mean, I shot. You know, if if I go quote handicap max, I shot a seventy eight there last year. It ended up being an eighty because we were playing everything all the way through. So I like had pretty much par golf through sixteen holes and two quadruple bogeys on on like number seventeen and something like number seven. Um, but I loved that course. That was such a fun course. Uh, of course, I played it well too. But and Tullymore's good. But I got to go the Dunes, and going to face the winner of number two, the Battle of the Harbors. Number twenty-seven ranked Harbor Town, and seven seed number ninety ranked Harbor Shores. True Harbor Shores. <laughs> Harbor Town. Harbor Shores was interesting. I, I would like to. I'm going to go with Harbor Town. I would like to play it again. Uh, we couldn't play the 18th hole if I remember because right, it, it was under construction for the PGA. It's just, it's a very unique, like almost like pockets of three types of holes. Shores is loosely, very loosely because yeah, only there's like, there's like one, one hole. hole where you can see the water. Yeah, and then one that's um, like on the dunes. Couple kind of dunesy holes, it, but it's it was a fun layout. I would definitely like yeah, to play it again. It's a good layout. It's really remember it was flooded, and you couldn't yes. get under. We had to like cautiously go under the bridge yes. in the cart without getting washed away. So. All right, so you got Arcadia Bluffs against the Loop Black. Uh, Arcadia. And then I've got Arcadia against Arcadia. I'm going to go Arcadia Bluffs. And then you've got, or we both have actually, Harbor Town against Forest Dunes. Forest Dunes. You know, I, I've got to agree. Harbor Town was great because it's a pro course. Um, you know, it's fun to play there. play again, though. It's so far. It was so, ex- it was so expensive. It was beautiful. It's awesome. I enjoyed it, even though I shot like 101. Um, but I agree. I mean, like, out of these two, I think about, like, I could go back and play Forest Dunes. I could play Forest Dunes, like, three times for the cost of playing Harbortown one more time, too. So, all right. So, we both have Arcadia against Forest Dunes. 
Uh, Arcadia Bluffs. Yeah, Arcadia yeah. Bluffs. I mean, if you have not, I agree, if you have not played Arcadia Bluffs, you are missing out. And the thing is, is you don't have to pay full rack rate in the summer. Like, you can play in April and catch maybe a lucky good day or even early May, and it's like 120 bucks. You can play when we did in mid-May, and it was like 170 bucks. Mm-hmm. Um, you can play in September uh, when it's back down to like 170 bucks. You lose a little bit of daylight then, but like if you can push it and do like a 3 o'clock round and hit a twilight in September yeah. and just get it in, it is so well worth it. I still want to play there when they have the bagpiper because we've not done that yet. Um, I don't remember if when we last did it in the summer, we just weren't there at the right time of the day. I think that might have been what it was. But yeah. Um, yeah, anyway, that was a fun one just to kind of look up. There's a lot of courses in that top 100 that we could definitely play that are pretty cheap. There are other courses that I've played. I've probably played uh, played Kapalua, Monokai, and Hawaii, um, and maybe one or two other courses in there. There's definitely a lot of courses I'd like to play in there and some that are pretty reasonable. So we'll have to add them to our bucket list. Oh, yeah, for sure. All right, fourth down, our usual Oof. golf spot. You go first. Um, all right. Um, recapping the John Deere Classic. Of course, uh, I would like to play. Public course. Yeah, what would you say? Like, like 170 bucks? You can get for 170 bucks. Pretty good for a pro course. Um, in the Quad Cities, um, my guys combined for 46. Ludwig, man, that guy's going to win sometime. He's, I think he's going to make the Ryder Cup team for Europe. He, that dude's a stud. If you have not paid attention, please do. Um, I don't know if he'll. I don't know if he's playing in the open or not, but he's he's a force to be reckoned with. He's a really good young player. Um, your guys combined eighty third. Had him miss the cut. Power had a nice Sunday. Um, Sepp Straka flirted with fifty nine, and then he choked kind of on the last hole. Um, went for it, overdrew it. Ends up still shooting a sixty two, which is and and hangs on to win. And like wins, it was looking yeah. dicey because he had a what that went from a. He went from a four-shot lead to a two-shot lead yep. with that double bogey the, on the last one. The guy one. was tied for like 110th after the first day, and he won. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's pretty remarkable. Yeah, just grinding it out. And he was so chill, like, watching that round. Yeah, like, he, he just, just had he, he was laughing a little bit, but he was just chill. Like, I, cool I said to Ryan, I, that's how I felt on the front nine of our round. I mean, I didn't shoot a 28. I shot a 38, but um, that's how I felt. Like, you just like when you get in the groove, and things just feel good, and, like, just nothing phases you nothing bothers you you could see that in him and and there's another guy european Ryder cup player he'll qualify for that team and he's going to be good i mean he's he looks yeah he's built older but he's only 30 yeah he's a big guy you know he's a long way he's had a couple wins now on tour um won the honda last year and seemingly a nice guy yeah Um, he seems like a good guy you know that's the thing is like with a new breed of euros like aberg and him and some this other like Danish dude, Hovland, like they're not like the despicable despises, you know, the guys you despise like Poulter and Sergio, Sergio and some of those other dickwads that have historically played for Europe. Like you don't, you don't hate Rom. You don't hate Rory anymore. Like it it, kind of in a way it spoils the Ryder Cup in that way because you don't have that like you just want to beat them because you can't stand them. They actually have some nice guys, but it should actually make for a much more competitive Ryder Cup over the next yeah, the, several years. The U.S. hasn't won across the pond since, like, the 90s, so yeah, I hope they can do it. Um, yeah, Scottish Open, speaking of across the pond, we've got Lynx Golf the next couple of weeks. Um, can't wait to watch that, Scottish did Open. The, who won that last year? Uh, Shoffley did. Shoffley, yeah, that's he right. Beat he's, he's up there in, his, uh, in the... Yeah. In the odds this week for sure. Yeah. Um, Who you got for that? Fleetwood. Um, I think he's got a really good shot. And he's, he needs to win something that's semi-PGA Tour. Right. Kind of I agree. He's won DP before. And then I've got a, a young up-and-comer who I also think will be on the Ryder Cup team. That's Rat, one of the Hojgaard brothers. Rassus. Oh, yeah. So he's the guy from... He, he won from, last week. He's, he's 22 he's, years old. He's got four wins Denmark, in the DP. Right? Yep. Yeah. Duke can play. He yeah. is really good. He's. I, I think he could play really well in the Open, to be honest with you. I'm going to go with one of your other young guys that you mentioned, a guy you had last week, Ludwig von Ain. It's not von. Ludwig Aberg. I, I, like I like him. And then I'm going to go with Rory. I think Rory has been... He's due. Rory's he a lot of due. Time he's been playing well. He's been kind of... He's been there. 
Um, you know, it would be Phil has done it, won the Scottish, yep, and then followed won, up then with the British. It's, or not the British, sorry, the Open. Um, I, you know, I'm rooting for Rory. I, I'd like to see Rory do well. Um, that'll be a fun one to watch because you've got Renaissance Club's a great course. Yeah, and you you've just got all the. There's the big guys big are playing event. it because it's a good it's a good warm up for the open. So yeah, I, I think Shane Lowry's due for a good weekend mm-hmm. too. He's kind of, he hasn't been playing great this season, but I watched a good. You know, you picked Fleetwood. I watched a good uh, thing on Golf Channel last night. It was kind of going through Lowry's career and his rise up from nothing to you know being the second best player to Rory in Ireland. And I forgot that it was he and Fleetwood that were battling for the Open the year that Lowry won yeah, it. In at um, Port Rush. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's back there in a few years. They just, uh, I think they're doing Burkdale. Is it Burkdale? I can't remember. In 2026, they announced the next um, Open venue. I can't remember what it was. Um, uh, Galt, anything else? Galt, I mean, we reviewed Links at Bowen last year. I played a new course. Stonegate Golf and Community up in Twin Lake, just northeast of this Muskegon area. Sneaky good track. Not overly long or anything, but pretty tough. A lot of forced carries over ravines and um, just crap. Um, Very woodsy. Kind of has an up-north feel to it. Pretty good course for um, Twilight, where it was only 45 bucks for 18. Pretty good. That's reasonable. I, I, I would suggest playing it. It was pretty well manicured. Um, greens weren't overly fast or anything, but I've never seen greens break like that. Like you had to play a putt of, with three feet of break, like five or six feet. Cause it, it was weird. Like I, on the practice ground, I'd hit a few. I'm like, this is definitely gonna be okay. And then it would break way right and go way hmm. under the hole. Then you try it again. Then it, you'd make it hitting it way up. It was weird. Hmm. Um, but a good course, um, of three new to review next week. Treetops. Uh, I have to give you your own F- segment. Fazio premier. Uh, Rick Smith tradition, Rick, Rick Smith signature. Was hoping to get on three tops, but they don't really have anything available. Um, looking forward to that. Um, yeah, I had, I had a couple other, a couple questions for you on golf, and then like, supposedly, I've not really seen this. I know you said you saw the news today, but no more Norman. As I don't know if that's tried. That might have been CEO. in there in their. It's, I, There's I, some I, hearings and stuff ongoing. That's for yes, sure. It's but. going on. It was it was going on today. They were in Congress. Yeah, because of PGA the whole, Saudi thing. Yeah, so it'll be interesting to see what happens with that. So, question I had in honor of the women's uh, open that was at Pebble Beach last week for the first time. I don't even know. There was a girl from Hawaii, I think, that won. So if you missed the news, which maybe you did, although I will say that the women's golf. There's some really good golfers. Um, how mad would you be? Because this happened. If your caddy gets you DQ'd for using no, a rangefinder, so that happened. There was a girl who was yeah. even through first, five holes. First round, right? Rookie on the LPGA tour from Thailand, and her dumbass caddy used a rangefinder. Like um, this ain't the Muni. This is not the member yeah, guest. It's not the invitation. They would know that. Like, there's only one time, and I don't know the rules on the LPGA. I assume it's. I assume they have like yeah, a it's... PGA type, like an LPGA championship just like the men of the pga championship that's the one time you can use a rangefinder on the men's tour ridiculous um so here's one in honor of kind of how i started last week uh just thought this one came to me while i was just kind of doing some notes would you rather start your round hot and end eh or start eh i like finishing hot. hot so like i shot 38 45 with you know just like grinding out basically bogeys on the back you know, when I had that glimmer of a rare break 80, the way I was playing, would you rather have that or have the opposite where you're I like, like you kind of get off to like you shoot a 45 and then you're just like firing at it and you're like, shit, I could, I could maybe do something here. I could shoot par on the back. So you'd rather end strong. Yes. Yeah. Give me some momentum. I, I mean, I think there's, there's definitely, it, it feels good to start strong because you just kind of get the momentum and the. So here's the thing. I'd rather just play the whole 18 good. Well, of course, it's an alpha. <laughs> I, I think I'll probably, I would still like the 38 because I know that even if I just throw up on the back, I'm still going to shoot in the 80s, and that's always my goal. So I'm going to go the opposite of you. I'd rather uh, I'd rather start hot like I did and, and eh. Mm-hmm. All right, that's it for me for golf. And also Northwestern is going back to that topic. I just saw that reminded me that they're keeping all of their assistants on the staff. 
Yeah, so how are none of the assistants culpable but the head coach is? Again, I get it. The buck stops with the head coach. But we're talking alleged, alleged things, alleged. And nowhere in a nine-month or six-month or however long it was investigation was it found that Pat Fitzgerald, independent investigation, not like Pat picked the person to do the, not like me going, hey, Ryan, investigate me, wink, wink. Like independent investigation did not turn up anything and you fire him, Northwestern screwed. They're screwed. They're going to end up paying bank on his contract, and they're going to think that they got rid of one problem, and, and they've got major problems. And again, it sits to me with the president. Like if I'm if I'm the board of trustees, I'm looking at the president, going, "Dude, you're a yob. You fired our football coach, who, by the way, has got the donors kicking in to build a new football stadium. It'll actually help turn some revenue in here. He built this gorgeous football building that's on Lake Michigan." And you're keeping your baseball coach who's had similar allegations. Like, find out if if it's true, discipline in-house, and don't knee-jerk to the media. I would fire, if I'm the board of trustees or if I'm a, a rich donor, I'm saying, you know, if I'm Mike Greenberg, ESPN personality who went to Northwestern, I'm saying, fire the president who came from Oregon, right. by the way. So it doesn't surprise you that he's a woke liberal. Yep. All right. I guess we can sprint it on home. Um, all right, so these first two on Golf Digest, shouts to them. They always have good questions. Links or Parkland Golf? So Parkland would be kind of like Blyfield, Links, obviously. We don't have a lot of true Links courses around here. Mm-hmm. Um, I, don't, I mean, I see merit to both. I guess if I had to pick one, I want to play like – I'd like to – have gone and played in like Ireland, Scotland, true links golf to be able to tell you right. for sure. But my gut tells me true links would be more fun. Yeah. I say links too. Worst way to make a bogey. Oh man. Three putt. Cause I yep, had like in, in, in my last two rounds prior to Saturday, I didn't have any, I had one three putt on Sunday. No, not a bogey, but I had nine three putt bogeys in the previous two rounds. That's what I said. So too. yeah, three putt bogeys suck. Cause you get on the green in a position where you just need to make a decent lag putt and you screw the pooch. Boo. Best Fago flavor. Oh man. Uh grape. So I said as well. I can't really boring. have that. I can't really have that anymore because of I mean you can, it's just you're gonna have to I got my diabetes. Yeah. I can. I can have a sip. I can have a shot. I mean right. I can, but I just can't have any other sugar for the rest of the day, basically. Uh, will you, with it coming up, first game is August 3rd. Will you watch any of the NFL preseason coming up? I, I mean, I might have it on in the background, but like, I mean, if I, maybe if there was like a Michigan State guy that I kind of wanted to watch that was maybe trying to make a roster or something, maybe, but no, I mean, I'm glad they went to 17 regular season games and three preseason games. They didn't even really play the starters. The most I watched preseason, honestly, was more via hard knocks last year with the Lions because yeah, that, that was super interesting. Was um, yeah, I'll have it on TV, but like, I'm not that diehard. I, to be honest, if if college had that, I wouldn't watch no. it. Like spring ball, I could give two shits about. So like, I just, I, I don't think I would. I don't think I will. Well, I probably will because there's still golf, right? You got the FedEx Cup finishing up about that time. You got Ryder Cup coming up. That's in. September, but I will because I'm a sicko. Yeah, no, no Sport, football, me. basketball. Sicko. It's a good nap time. Well, of course. All right, that's 130. Um, follow us on social media. Um, you want business cards to pass out? We have some. Um, I did a nice job. Redesigned our logo. We've got yeah, a QR good. code on there. We need to start handing them out to yeah. beverage cart girls to hand out to people or something on golf right, courses. Right. Um, but we appreciate you guys listening. Let us know what you want to hear. Uh, if you have any questions um, that you want answered, um, any brackets you want to hear, Mount Rushmore, Canadian Mount Rushmore. I think I had a good one for us to do eventually or just a good topic for you can lead it. the coaches. We can do that another time. Um, yeah, appreciate you guys listening. Thank you. Couldn't do it without you. And uh, happy almost open week. Next round of previews. Happy 7-11. Go get yourself a yeah. Slurpee in the next hour and a half. Next round of previews next week. All right, meantime, as P.G. Wodehouse once said, golf, like measles, should be caught young.